Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. As we record this, March Madness has started, but this past weekend was kind of like a March Madness for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am the Downey half of this dynamic duo. I am Trey Downey. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. He is the one, the only, he would like to say the better half of this dynamic duo, the more dynamic half. He's Lynn Martez. You can follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. What's up, man? It's a well-known fact that I'm the better half. That's number one. Number two is everything is gravy because the Bucks quarterback is Tom Brady. Bring it home, Tommy. Unfinished business. TV 12 in the history. Did you just try to rhyme gravy and Brady? I do what I do. You do what you do. My mic here, your mic there. I don't tell you what to say. Don't tell me. I know, I didn't say. tell you what to say. I was just asking exactly. you if that's what don't you were doing. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. All the butchering up you do over there, this is my mic. My <laughs> mic. All right, so... How I want to start this is I almost I almost wanted to do like a cold open previously on the Bucks Nation podcast. Last week, we had narrowed down the Bucks quarterback uh search to four guys and neither of the and none of them were Tom Brady. And then Friday happens and the Deshaun Watson stuff breaks and it looks like that it, the sweepstakes and the trade market for Watson is heating up. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe next week on the podcast, we'll talk about Deshaun Watson. Then the Cleveland Browns are involved and Rick Stroud reports that the Bucks have done their quarterback or, or their homework on Baker Mayfield. So I'm like, okay, we're going to be talking about Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, free agency on the next Bucks Nation podcast. And then Sunday rolls around. And about the time that the Selection Sunday show is starting, there's a tweet from Tom Brady saying he's coming back. Lynn, I know when I talked about this uh, after his first podcast, after he retired and he quote unquote left the door open, you kind of scoffed at that. I didn't even think it was that much of a possibility, even though I, I brought it up. Just how shocked were you when you uh, saw that tweet on Sunday? Well, a couple of things. Number one is, I think a couple of weeks back, you asked me the question in regards to the percentage of him coming back or who would be taking the snaps come September for the Bucks, or if it would be Kyle Trask or even Blaine Gabbitt. Oh, yeah, I do. I compare. I, I said Brady or Trask, what's the higher percentage? Mm-hmm. And I told you 0% for that guy number two. I told you about 5% or maybe 7% single digits. For TB12, Tom Brady. Mind you, he came back as quickly as he did. That's the big shocker to me. Yeah, he came back, and some folks thought he would, but folks thought he would at least sit out a, <laughs> a complete off season, maybe even in a regular season, a whole season with the playoffs, and come back after sitting out a whole year. My man sat out about 35 days. (laughs) He didn't even make it to kids spring break. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't back. The kids, the kids didn't even get home for spring break before he said, Giselle, 
I'm outie. I'm going back to work. <laughs> Gotta call Ryan Jensen. Gotta get this. Gotta get this done. And honestly, you you mentioned the timing being shocked that it happened so quickly, but it comes out that the Bucks, Bruce Arians, and Jason Light were in contact with him in the days before he decided to come back. And obviously the timing was no coincidence. Because we talked last week on the show how this offseason was so different and how the priorities for this team and still becoming a contender this coming season, it was it was just going to look so, so, so very different for the Buccaneers. Um, but Brady calls Ryan Jensen. Ryan Jensen is back with the Buccaneers. Chris Godwin has now signed a, a long-term deal. The only notable free agent that the Bucs have lost so far is Jordan Whitehead. We'll get into that a little bit later, but just how much can, can we overstate how much Brady coming back changes the whole tenor of this offseason for the Bucks? Yeah, don't forget OJ Howard also. Yeah. And the reason why I bring him up, you can talk about the productivity or lack of productivity since Gronk's come to Tampa Bay, but until Gronk is back officially, then there was a need to have OJ Howard potentially on this team. But not that big of a deal. It surprised me that he went to Buffalo. But when it comes to the offseason and Brady coming back on Sunday, the timing of it all, <laughs> I said the first phone call, and I said this on Twitter, before it actually came out, I said the first phone call he probably made was to Gronk to let him know, hey, 87, I'm coming back. The second one that he probably made, and again, I said this Sunday night, was to Ryan Jensen. And lo and behold, Ryan Jensen signed his deal, had a press conference, Zoom conference call with the media and said, yeah, Tom called me. And of course he did, because... I mean, that's simple math, dude. <laughs> you know, and the simple math is you can call it geometry, whatever it is. Bottom line is there's an area that Tom Brady stands when he's playing quarterback. It's called the pocket. And the most important player for his pocket is that dude snapping the ball. So Tom was going to make sure that that dude knew that he's coming back and he wanted that dude to be with him. And with that, you're looking at, yeah, they may have lost Marpet and Kappa, but they make a Kappa, I didn't, I didn't bring up in talking about notable free agents. Kappa's probably more notable that they lost Correct. than OJ even. Correct. But you still have the bookends. You have the all-pro center. Then we'll get into the trade. And you make a deal for another for another solid guard. And that leaves one guard position to fill. And they signed Aaron Stinney to a contract. He potentially could fill like guard spot. Or it's a guy, maybe a guy that you bring up frequently and Robert Hainsey. We'll see. But ultimately, when it looked like there was going to be a need to fill three offensive line holes, now... There's only one, only one. So 
before we get into what they what the Bucks have added so far in free agency, a couple notable names and what they've lost, even though we've brought up a couple of those names already. So when the Jensen news happens and the Brady news happens, how far did that shoot up the Bucks in terms of NFC contenders on Sunday night, Monday morning for you? Did that automatically shoot them to right there with the Rams and Packers? Below them. Because Below them, but 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 number three in the NFC, maybe. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. But when those moves were made, as you mentioned, those two moves, getting back Ryan Jensen and getting back Tom Brady, there was still the issue of the defense, mm-hmm. whether it be the defensive line or the secondary. Again, chronologically. Things work out where Tom comes back, Ryan Jensen comes back. If you ask me at that standpoint, where do they fall? Okay, top three teams in the NFC, right behind the, the Super Bowl champions, Rams, right behind the Packers, who still have work to do on their roster too. Mm-hmm. But still, when you have Tom taking snaps on Sundays, dude, and he's with this offense, for the most part, with the exception of the running back position, you asked me about Sunday night, I said to you, well, okay, they got three offensive linemen back from last year. Got to figure out who's going to be the guards because when you're a pocket passer, those two guys are extremely important because Tom ain't going nowhere. Tom needs solid guards. But you also have to figure out the running back position. So again, they're still in the top three. But the reason why I'm not saying they're neck and neck, or at that time, I wouldn't say they're neck and neck with Green Bay or even the Rams, because at the time, Carlton Davis was a free agent. At the time, Jordan Whitehead, who ended up signing with the Jets, was a free agent. And still at this point, you have some holes to fill on the defensive line. But again, you got TB12. And until he falls off that cliff, guess what he's going to do? He's going to throw his 45 TDs. He's going to take care of the football. He's going to win you a lot of games that you potentially would lose. But you don't because my man's going to win that offense and he's going to put up 35, 38 in games that you may end up doing the same thing if you don't get that defense shored up. All right, so let's talk about the moves that the Bucs have made uh, since the start of the new league year. The big one, they trade for Patriots guard, uh, one of the better guards in the league, and Shaq Mason, someone who has a history with Tom Brady, he comes over to fill one of those guard slots. They get the, they get the long-term deal done with Chris Godwin. He's going to be making about $20 million a year. That's a steep price tag. They restructure some contracts. You also bring in Russell Gage, wide receiver from your division rival, the Atlanta Falcons, who who knows who's playing receiver for them next year with Ridley suspended and, and, and Gage gone. Uh, he presumably goes into that third wide receiver slot that Antonio Brown was, uh, was playing the past couple of seasons, maybe even outside a little bit uh, with Godwin's injury still being up in the air of when he's going to be back. The Carlton Davis deal gets done as well. Uh, what was the what's the biggest move that the Bucks have made on their own roster so far? Not that they not who they've lost, but who is the who was the biggest guy to either lock up or was it Mason 
or Gage bringing one of those guys in? I mean, aside from what happened on Sunday with your quarterback and center, yeah, I would tell you probably bringing back your number one cornerback in Carlton yeah. Davis. Even bigger than Mason? Yes. Yes, okay. because as much as I, I'll plead and plead that the guards are so vital with a 45-year-old pocket passer who's going to be in the pocket 99.9% of the time, as much as that is important, you can fill those holes. And number one corners ain't falling off trees. And <laughs> that's been indicative of the fact that it's been a long time, certainly longer than I've been here, where they haven't had a true number one corner. You can throw out Brent Grimes at me, and Mrs. Grimes loves her some Brent Grimes. He was he's a, he was a suspect when it, when it came to being a number one corner. Depth Had chart, one good year, one really good chart, year. Depth chart said he was a number one corner. The league didn't. So mm-hmm. again, more important than the deal for Mason was the fact that they brought back Carlton Davis and found a way to bring him back. Because when free agency started or when you knew about free agency taking off and they tagged guys, the teams tagged guys and the Bucks tagged Godwin, people were like, okay, what about Jensen? What about Carlton Davis? What about, you know, there they were, they was thoughts of guys leaving. And the fact that potentially guys like Jensen and Davis were going to draw a lot of attention from other teams. No guarantee bringing those guys back once they hit the open market. And they found a way to bring back their true number one corner. I think the Jen, I think the the Jensen thing's obviously big. Uh, I I love Carlson Davis. I think he is a a number one corner for sure in this league. I think bringing him back is huge. I said bringing him back was bigger than bringing Godwin back. The Mason trade is kind of a steal to me. A guy that has history with Tom Brady, a guy who has Pro Bowl and All Pro potential. When you lose a guy like Ali Marpet, that makes it even even a bigger deal to me. So the the Mason thing is is absolutely huge to me. Uh, the gauge thing is interesting. Not only the fact that I think he slots in well into this offense, the fact that you take him away from Atlanta too, I think is I think is a big deal. But now I want to kind of pivot into what happened in the Kappa and Whitehead situation. The Kappa thing to me, apparently Brady called him, but he already was getting $10 million a year from a team that went to the Super Bowl last year in Cincinnati. So Alex Kappa, you go from being a Division III uh, offensive lineman to coming into the NFL, winning a Super Bowl, and now you're getting paid $10 million a year. Great for you, Alex Kappa. And Best joining, of luck. A, joining the the AFC Championship team. Yeah. Best of best of luck to you in Cincinnati, Alex Kappa. The Jordan Whitehead thing is a little bit puzzling to me. Not only that he chose to go to the Jets, not only the fact that the Bucks let him walk, period, considering what Jason Light was saying about Whitehead at the Combine, but even more so at the price tag that he left at. Wasn't a huge 
huge price tag, I believe 7.25 million guaranteed, just a two-year deal around 14 and a half million. Um, the Bucks had to do a lot of, you know, moving stuff around with Mike Evans, with Shaq Barrett, with Cam Brait to even get under the cap as it was. But what are you, are you looking in the draft at safety now? Does Mike Edwards just instantly drop a uh, prop up into that other starting safety spot aside Antoine Winfield? Because Jordan Whitehead might have been the best player on the field for the Bucks in their two playoff games this year. And just a price tag to me. It wasn't a huge deal that the Jets gave him that pried him away from the Bucks. That's why uh kind of stings a little bit for me to see Whitehead go and that the Bucks couldn't do anything else to bring him back. They didn't make him an offer that was qual- that w- that he considered to be competitive to the offer that he got. That says a lot about about where the the Bucks were with thinking about him and where they are with their money. That's number 1. Number 2 is you're looking for depth when it comes to safety position now because you have two safeties that can start. Now the question is whether or not you lose any of the productivity and the, the type of football that Whitehead played that gave you the defense that, that, that the Bucks had, having him play downhill, having him play tight ends, having him do the things that he did, so strong in defending the run game. And, you know, we can talk about, obviously, the, the middle of that Bucks defensive line that potentially could be different in 2022. But... I mean, as long as 50s here and Vita Vare, you can put someone alongside him that's going to give you a stout middle of the defensive line. And then, of course, the linebackers play a big part in the running game, defending it. But Jordan, Jordan Whitehead, when you talk about playing eight in a box, my man willingly at 5'9", five, 5'10", five, probably about 205, willingly play that eight man in a box. And whether the contract says it or not, <laughs> that dude is a beast. And I don't care about what, how the Jets paid him. I'm more, I'm more kind of surprised that based on what you read in social media, he didn't get an offer that was competitive to what the Jets offered to him. And kind of stings a little bit because if you look at the defense last year, the latter part of the season, including the playoffs, that dude was conceivably the best defensive player on that team. The Might have been last, the best player on the field in the playoff games. The he was that good. part of the season, the last three or four games and the playoffs, constant, constantly. You saw him on the screen making plays over and over and over. His head, 30, 33, just popping up and... Again, it stings a little bit, the fact that he won't be here moving forward, but it's a business, man. And, and when you got, you know, the holes they had to fill, somebody's got to suffer. And unfortunately, he was the guy that did. What's the next priority for the Bucks? Is it the running back position or is it the interior or even exterior defensive line. You've got Will Golston and Dominican Sue, Jason Pierre-Paul, all free agents, as well as we've talked about the only running back under contracts, Keyshawn Vaughn, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, and Giovanni Bernard, 
all free agents? What's the next priority for Jason Light, Bruce Arians? It all depends on the conversations that have been going on with with, uh, the plays that were here last year, whether or not those players are in talks with the Bucs and coming back and whether or not there is a market for them to go somewhere else. I don't personally think that Sue or JPP want to play somewhere else. And honestly, I don't know that there's a, a huge market for Jason Pierre-Paul. Like, again, I'm, I'm a big 90 dude, man. Sapase la boule, man. I'm, 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 I'm in it. I'm in it when it comes to 90. Remember his rookie season in the, in the Giants and, and the time he spent there and what he's done here, adapting to the three, four, two, five, however, however many actually defensive linemen they line up in Todd Bowles' defense. Jason Pierre-Paul adapted to that when many people, including myself, didn't think he was going to be able to. But you got to wonder whether or not there's a market out there for him and whether or not, again, you talk about priorities. Well, if Leonard Fournette has a market and those other guys that I mentioned don't necessarily do, then Fournette is a, then Fournette is a priority. You got to get things squared away. If the other guys like Sue, like Jason Pierre-Paul, want to play here and only play here, then, okay, hey, you guys are cool. We're going to fix some other problems. We'll get back to you. And that's what they have to do because, because you may turn up. It's, you know, it's the end of the week. You may turn up and find out that, yeah, Leonard Fournette deleted his post kind of saying goodbye to, to Tampa Bay. But that doesn't mean he's coming back because – Cheese, man. Cheese matters. And he already took a pay cut to come back here last year. And if you're a running back in this league, you're not going to be getting that cheese when you're 30, 31, 32. Somebody offers you that cheese right now, he may take that cheese and roll out of Tampa Bay. Jason Light calls you, rings up, rings up Lynn Martez and says, I can only, there's only. You need a safety? Oh, I'm there, man. I won't wear 33 because I'm shouting out Jordan Whitehead, J-Dub. But I got you. I got you, Light. There's only one of those three guys that you can bring back. I can. He says, Lynn, I can only bring back Sue, JPP, or Fournette. I can only bring back layup. one of them. Layup. It's a layup. It's a Who layup. It? You bring it back seven. It's a layup. Re- I... Here, here's why I disagree with you, and I go. I think I go. I think you, I go. I think I go. You can I think be I crazy go too. Sue, I think I go Sue because I think that there is a deeper market in free agency for running backs, and I think that there is a deeper market in the draft for running backs. Okay, <laughs> are you forgetting? Are you are you forgetting what happened on Sunday? Are you forgetting who that man called on Sunday? He wants. Jensen in front of him and Lenny behind him. You can talk about that market all you want. You better keep <laughs> TB12 just came back to your team and told you we got unfinished business. And you're thinking that the D line is a bigger priority than getting the running back that he wants behind him. Okay. Like I just I said, don't know. Like I said, you can disagree, but I'll just call you crazy for thinking that's the way things are why are we acting like leonard fournette is like the perfect back like he is all of a sudden a great pass protector or a great pass catcher because he's 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 still not 
He's first off, he's a third that he's a he's a three down back in this league. That's number one. Number two is you know what he, he was he wasn't even on this team when Gio was healthy last year. Because Gio's a better pass catcher. That doesn't that doesn't mean he's not a he's not a three down back. He's a three, okay. He's a three down back when they won the daggone Super Bowl. What are you smoking? He's a three down back. It was a three down back when they won the Super Bowl. Who, who, who was out on the field on third down when it was third, third in a passing down during the playoff? When run? your options are, when your okay, options are for Meadow Jones. No, again, he has the ability to do, to do that. That's number one. I'm not gonna hit. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that he didn't drop passes. I'm not gonna tell you that sometimes went off the went off his hand. The ball went off his hands and then ended up in someone else's hands. You're like, what are you doing, dude? I'm not telling you that's not the case. But guess what? There are a lot of backs in the league that play third down that drop passes. That's number one. Number two is if 12 wants him back, guess what 12's going to get? Him back. Are you forgetting that last week we sat here and you wanted to tell me that Kyle Trask was going to be the starting quarterback? And I sat here and told you I'll eat crow if that actually happens. And then two days later or three days later, the greatest quarterback of all time says, I'm coming back to play for your team. And now you want to piss him off by what? By telling you, by telling him, nah, the guy that you, you've been jiving with for the last two years, now nah, we're going to go out in free agency and, and, and get you someone in free agency. Like who? Who else is going to make Tom, make Tom want to play for your team and be cool with it? He wants the guy that's going to protect him. He already knows. He already knows that seven will protect him. Seven's got his back. Come on, man. I just think that you can get a you can get a Marlon Mack and a running back in the set. You want Marlon Mack? Marlon Mack. Hold on, Marlon Mack and a running back in the second round for cheaper than what you're going to pay for net. I don't know how many times I got to tell you. We're dealing with circumstances, okay? These circumstances. It's not about filling a hole. It's about filling a hole with a guy that Tom Brady wants on this team. You still think? How hard is that? To, how hard is that to to, to grasp? You, you throw out names to me, and I keep telling you, like, okay. Right now, you'd rather it have. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good those guys are. Those guys may be comparable to number seven, but you know what? Twelve knows. Twelve knows. Seven can do it because he's done it the last two years. You want to bring. You want to bring guys that he doesn't have a relationship with. There's a reason why they went to New England to get Shaq Mason. You want to know why? Because TB12 knows him. There's a reason why TB12 called Ryan Jensen. You want to know why? Because the guy's been protecting him the last two years. Come on, man. Math. Math. So I'm not even going to ask you who you'd if you'd rather have Leonard Fournette or Kenneth Walker on this football team next year because it doesn't uh, – Based on what you're saying, you it doesn't. This question, you want to ask me this question? It doesn't matter because it's ma- it matters what Tom wants. Exactly. That, okay. That. And and, but, and 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 that and that shouldn't be hard. That should be hard to understand. No, I understand it. I understand <laughs> it. You're a married man. What your <laughs> wife wants, she gets. You better yeah. And if you don't understand that, these days these days it's more what Presley wants, she gets. Okay. That kind of trumps you know everything what? else. And, but guess what? The wife. Your wife, okay, your wife wants peace <laughs> and calmness. That's why Presley gets what she gets, because that's what your wife wants. She wants to come home from work 
and be chill. So Presley is going to get what she wants, absolutely, because the wife wants a calm and cool home to come home to. You buying anything into this Tyron Matthew Honey Badger stuff? Bucks fans are going crazy because he's at uh, a water park in Orlando with Todd Bowles' son son today. I just don't see how they can do it money-wise. I mean, it's cool and everything. It's a nice little story, but (laughs) you want to run down with the Jets game, Jordan Whitehead? You're having to pay Honey Badger, I think, at least 10 mil, at least. But that's – but I mean – for people that want to like connect those dots and I'm not telling you it's totally far-fetched, but I mean, just from the common sense standpoint of thinking you had a guy who was here last year playing for you played as well as he did, as I mentioned earlier. And you, you talk about him being, as, as you mentioned, the best player on the football field <laughs> during, their pl- during their playoffs last Him year. Him and Mike Evans were the two best. One guy on one side, one guy on the other side. But the point is the fact that that guy left your team because you weren't able to or willing to offer him a deal that was comparable to a two-year deal he got from the Jets. And now you think, not you, someone else thinks that, well, we didn't give him two years, but we're going to give – Tyron Matthew, three years, four years. The guy's on the open market. You don't think KC wants him back? You don't think KC's willing to give him three years, four years? I know Mike Greenberg, who, not the guy from ESPN. Everybody, when they hear Mike Greenberg, they think, oh, ESPN. No. The cap guru for the Bucks. Exactly. Totally different guy. And he's, I mean, he, he's working, he's working his magic and he's worked his magic since he's been here in Tampa Bay. But that's a whole lot of magic to work if they're able to sign Matthew to a deal that is what a little more than a, a, than what Whitehead got from the Jets, and it's, it's not. I mean, if you came to Whitehead and told him we'll give you two years and whatever the Jets gave you, you know, eighteen million dollars, he probably would have signed back here and stayed here. Yeah. The only benefit he has in being in, in New Jersey or Floor, Floor Park, New York, wherever he is practicing now, is that he's closer to Pittsburgh. He's closer to PA, where, where he's originally from. You know, other than that, there's no benefit of being with the Jets. He was Super Bowl contenders. Let's go. Anyway. Zach Wilson, 2022 MVP. Anyway, um, yeah, he he. You know, if, if you are offered, if you're willing to offer Tyran the Honey Badger that money, and you got it available, why didn't you give it to Whitehead? That's the only reason why I say it's far fetched. But if they want it, I mean, they're, re- they're restructuring contracts for a reason. Mike Evans's deal restructured. Godwin's franchise tag is off the books because they actually gave him a contract, and he's only costing them four million this year. So there's oh, oh, 5 million this year and they're saving 14 with his deal. So they're, they're opening up a lot of money, but. They had the to do too. it to get, to get Mason and Davis and those guys. That's in. That's the even, thing. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Like you say, I, I just said it. They, you know, they're, they're freeing up a lot of cap space, but they're freeing up a, a lot of cap space to address obvious needs. 
like the D-line you mentioned. I mean, you're talking about offering a contract to a guy that, again, is on the open market and has probably has a, a bunch of suitors when it comes to Tyron Matthew, including the team that he's been with in Kansas City. He's going to get a multi-year deal, and he's going to get a good amount of money. So you freed up that cash to do what? To sign a guy that you already had, <laughs> who's in my eyes, who's probably better. He may wow. not be. That's he high may praise. not be. The, he may not be the ball hawk. He may not be the ball hawk that that Matthew is. But Jay Dub, oh, he's a tackling machine. Tackling machine. Younger. All right. Less money. I mean, familiar. Well, Honey Badger's familiar with the defense too, but but still. So let's move on to the big quarterback discussion and Deshaun Watson. It seems we talked about the Bucks options being down to uh, four quarterbacks. It seems that Deshaun Watson's options are down to four teams after last week. He was not indicted by the grand jury on Friday. He will face no criminal charges for the 22 uh, cases that he faced there in Texas. And it seems that these are the teams that he's met with. The Indianapolis Colts inquired, but Houston did not give Indianapolis permission to meet with uh, Deshaun Watson and interdivision thing. Didn't think that would happen. Three of the teams in the Buccaneers division. He's met with Carolina. He's met with New Orleans, he's met with Atlanta, and he's also met with Cleveland, which I brought up earlier in the show in terms of what they might do with Baker Mayfield. You can cross off AFC teams. You don't think the Cleveland to- you don't think the Cleveland things? So you think Deshaun Watson's in the NFC South next Correct. year? Correct. Where? New Orleans. I think so too. Why do they you have- think what why New Orleans over why New Orleans over Carolina and Atlanta? Because I, if they want players back, they, those probably are the better quality players that they can get back from the Saints as opposed to what the Falcons may be able to give them. I think Carolina has the most draft capital and Carolina has some has some players too. I personally think that it's if you read into the reports it for Watson, it's down to Atlanta or it's down to New Orleans. I think that Right now, I think Carolina might have, especially with the Ridley suspension, I think Carolina might have a better roster than what Atlanta has right now. Uh, And Carolina, David Tepper, was in on Watson from the beginning. So I'm surprised that that it seems like it's down to to those two teams. So yeah, I'm kind of surprised that Carolina isn't more of a contender in this. But I do agree with you on, on New Orleans and them being the front runner and look at what new Orleans did against the bucks last year. You add Deshaun Watson to that team who knows what's going to end up happening with Michael Thomas. But I think maybe a couple weeks ago, you asked me who the biggest competitor to the bucks in the NFC South was. I might've said, I might've said Atlanta before the Ridley thing happened and all, and all that, but Deshaun Watson to the saints that's a team that, with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill at quarterback, were very close to making the playoffs last year. If they get Watson, they're definitely a contender to battle the Bucks for the NFC South title. But as you've said all along, 
we still don't know what's going to happen in terms of a of a league suspension for Watson. I think he still gets some kind of punishment from the league. I don't know what that is, but we've seen plenty of cases before where there were no criminal charges fi- uh, filed and the player still got suspended. When it comes to the Bucks and Saints, since Tom Brady's been here, with the exception of the Bucks' playoff win, they've beaten the Saints have beaten the Bucks, and it has nothing to do with quarterback play. Four it, out of five times, as I mentioned, with the exception yeah. of the playoff, yeah, the Bucks have lost to the Saints since Tom's been here. And with that, it's not, it hasn't been, it wasn't about quarterback play. The one win that the Bucs have in that playoffs was actually Breeze's last game in the NFL. And you could see it. <laughs> I mean, literally, we talked about the Bucs defense and Jordan Whitehead and the Bucs defense in regards to playing eight in the box, man, the Bucs did not even sweat Drew Brees throwing a football down the field two years ago in that playoff one. And that win by the Bucs in New Orleans because he was shot. Say whatever you want. Nine was a great quarterback. Say whatever you want. Future Hall of Famer, all that stuff. Holds plenty of records that eventually be broken by Tom. But he was a shot quarterback. Couldn't throw the ball down 25 yards or more. I mean, you can say whatever you want. I, go back and look at the daggone. You're team. right. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you there. And, and because of that, that's the one win that the Bucs have. And that quarterback was Drew Brees. And he did not play well in that game. Mind you, <laughs> the flip side to that is in other games where – Trevor Simeon played three quarters or nearly three quarters of a game. And he actually was the winning quarterback in a game. Whether it's Taysom Hill, nine or nothing here, Raymond James, quarterback play hasn't mattered. So adding Deshaun Watson to a team that already has the Bucks number, at least again, since Brady's been here with the exception of the one playoff win, should be a little scary to Bucks fans. It should be because that's all that <laughs> that's all that, that team obviously was missing to be successful last year. You can talk about Jameis Winston all you want, all the haters can. The dude was five and two before he got hurt. And it, and I'm not I'm not telling you that he's gonna be great in 2022. We don't know how his recovery is coming from the knee injury that he suffered in that game against the Bucks. But that team with Jameis Winston, who's not the quarterback Deshaun Watson is, was five and two. And things changed, personnel changed, but he had them at five and two with that receiving core that they have in New Orleans. Minus Thomas, yeah. Minus Michael Thomas. You're talking about potentially getting him back? Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be rivaling the, the 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 if they get Deshaun and get Michael Thomas back, you dag all right. They're gonna rival the Bucks for the division. Think about this: 
Deshaun threw for 4,800 yards his last season. And I'm not downplaying the 22 civil lawsuits that are still hanging out there. And I openly said, that dude's not playing in September. Just not happening. But whenever he does make it back, and if the Saints just happen to be, who knows? Four and two, three and three, they survive you know, the first six games without him. Maybe he only gets four games, whatever it is. When they plug that dude in, who had 4,800 yards the last season he played in 2020, with that receiving core, receiving core that he had in, in Houston, one Hopkins, his leading receiver was Brandon Cooks, <laughs> who's playing for his fourth team in like four years. <laughs> Say what you want about Deshaun. I'm not. I'm, again, I'm not downplaying the issues off the field. On the but field, he's he's a he's a franchise quarterback. You had that guy to that team who wins without even a sniff of a real good quarterback, with the exception of the seven games that Jamie's played last year. Yeah, they're going to rival the Bucks for the division, especially, especially. If there are issues with the Bucks' defensive line, and they got to show that thing up. If Deshaun goes to New Orleans, where does that leave Jameis Winston? Because a lot of these teams with quarterback questions, their questions have been answered. The Commanders trade for Carson Wentz. You've got Mitchell Trubisky signing in Pittsburgh. Denver gets uh, Russell Wilson. It seems like Seattle wants to go with Drew Locke at quarterback. We talked about the Colts last week and the fact that neither of us really thought that Jameis was the ideal option for them. Jimmy G is still out there. Some of the teams with backup, with where being a backup might be intriguing, those spots are gone with Tyrod Taylor going to New York, which that would have been an interesting spot behind Daniel Jones. You don't know what's going to happen there. So if you're Jameis Winston, do you see if Pittsburgh still wants another quarterback to compete with Trubisky? Do you, are, are the Colts an option? If San Francisco trades away Garoppolo, is that an option to go compete with Lance? Is Houston an option to compete with Davis Mills? Even though Seattle seems in on lock, is Seattle an option to compete with Drew Locke? What what are the options for Jameis Winston as far as being a starting quarterback in 2022? Because if the Colts get Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't I don't see where Jameis Winston starts in, starts in 22. All those teams you mentioned, and you didn't mention a team that plays near Lake Erie. Burr! Dress warm, J Dub. <laughs> You still looking like 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 you don't know. There is a divorce going on in the AFC North. Hello, Cleveland. <laughs> and you think they're going to move on from Baker Mayfield to go to Jameis Winston? Well, who else are they going to get? They're 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 already filed the divorce papers, homie. If they don't get Watson, I think that I think that Baker's still there. You got to remember, man. Baker played all last season with a torn up shoulder. Okay. You you you're telling me this like I like I'm like I'm the GM. They've already decided 
They go. They got. You think you think that you don't think that that was just a Deshaun Watson thing? You think they're done with Baker regardless? Oh yeah, they go. They dude. The reports are they want <laughs> they want a grown up in the room so so they can have a real leader at quarterback. And Jameis Winston's a real grown up. Hold on a second. See you, you. You take every opportunity to, to bash. I know. Team. I'm. I'm asking yeah, the question. That, that, that's fine. You can. You can do all that. Let me ask you a question. When it comes to whether it be Tampa Bay or or New Orleans, the, the second team that he's played on, have you seen the relationships that he's built in those places? I can't speak to. I can't speak to New Orleans, but a lot of those he had good relationships in Tampa. They brought him after- back in New Orleans. Okay, if he wasn't a good teammate. They wouldn't have brought him back and signed him to bring him back and to make him the starting quarterback to replace the the future Hall of Famer and Drew Brees. And Tampa Bay, he and Tampa Bay, he lost with during the last season with the 30 interceptions, he lost a lot of trust in teammates and the whole when when Dirk Cutter was still here and the whole suspension situation and losing trust in teammates in the locker room, two different animals. He lost trust. Two he lost, different animals. He lost trust in the you in the just, suspension dude, you just situation. You want to go to the Jameis Bashan, and I'm telling you, I'm no, no, I'm not. You, between, you're asking, Baker, you're no, asking, asking, can you, you bring up? I'm not you did ask. No, you said, can you bring Baker, up situations Baker's where he? Situation is one. You're comparing apples and oranges. Okay, have you noticed any guy, any of the Browns players, come out to support him in regards to the issues that he's had in Cleveland? No. What you hear is leaks, all right? Similar to what you heard in Philadelphia with Carson Wentz. Similar to what you heard in Indianapolis with Carson Wentz. You're hearing things within the locker room with none of the players supporting those guys and saying, this is bad. This is a bad source. It's not happening. That stuff's coming out. You want to know why? Because where there's smoke, there's fire. And there's fire on Baker Mayfield because, again, none of those guys, whether it be Jarvis Landry, who's who's left to Cleveland, got released, mm-hmm. whether it's Odell Beckham Jr., and we can talk about Daddy being the guy that got on social media. Daddy got on social media. Why? Because son fed him the information. That's number two. Number three is the Duke Johnson situation that just happened when Duke was part of the Cleveland Browns and he had issue, left the team, and Baker comes out and says, if you're not on this train, you're not jumping on this train or whatever it is. And then Duke came out this week and <laughs> he kind of he he jumped on the whole Baker bashing by social media tweeting out a train crashing because Baker wants to say, well, if you're not on this train, you're not on the train. Well, it just so happens that Baker's the conductor of that train and that train is crashing in Cleveland. They've openly said, They've openly said, we want an adult to be leading our team. And you want to all of a sudden jump on Jameis. Jameis has his transgressions. I'm not saying he doesn't. But again, when it comes to being a teammate in his locker room, whether it be here at Raymond James or the Advent Health Training Center or in New Orleans, he hasn't had any issues. You can talk about the, the trust that he lost when he threw 30 interceptions. That's on the field, dude. I'm talking about inside the locker room. So the suspension. You don't remember how the how the how the team and and the coaching staff reacted 
during the suspension and how there were whispers in the locker room. It wasn't just Cutter, but there were whispers in the locker room about wanting to stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he when... came back. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Listen, there were plenty of games during that season that you're like, oh my God, the Cincinnati game. Where mm-hmm. he, I mean, he threw balls. That was the first game he came back in, yeah. He threw, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't the first game. But I thought for some reason I thought that no, was where he, he came in. He, he had been playing, but he played in that Cincinnati game. And shoot, I tweeted it out when it happened. I'm sitting on my couch. Jameis throws a pass, and it gets intercepted. And Demar Dotson is on the field blocking, and he sees the ball get picked off, and he throws his hands up like, just like this, like what the hell's going on? I had the same reaction on my couch. I'm watching a guy who's playing in the game. Damon Dotson, who was the right tackle blocking for Jameis on that play, was like, what the hell was that pass? And that's the same game that Fitzpatrick came in, backup quarterback, brought the team back, and they lost by a late field goal in the game that Jameis threw like four picks. I get it. I understand there were times during the season, you mentioned that he may have lost some of the faith in or they may have lost some faith in Jameis's play during that season. But again, totally different coaching staff. A lot of things changed. And inside that locker room, moving forward, whether it was because some of those players left or whether it was he gained their trust again, that wasn't the case when he left. That wasn't the case. I'm just saying. And that wasn't the case in New Orleans. He's been a model citizen inside that locker room. That's what matters. And again, that's not Baker Mayfield. No, he, in New Orleans, that, that's been a very good reclamation project for him. It's just to me, when you say that you want a, when you say that you want a grown up and you want a veteran guy to come lead your team to move on from, Jay, for, to move on from Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston just isn't the first name to come to mind. Okay, but you asked me, you you threw out all, he may not be the first name, but remember your question. And I know it's been like five or 10 minutes, but but do (laughs) I- What are the options for Jameis to start in 2022? And you, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, what do you want? You you want a picture perfect situation? It's not picture perfect. They're moving on from, from Baker Mayfield. I mean, you may not think so, but they've made it clear that they're going to. And he, listen, Baker doesn't send out that tweet or Instagram post. I don't follow. I thought it dude. was related to the Deshaun thing. That was just my read on it. Doesn't matter. He, dude, he, <laughs> it doesn't matter whether it's Deshaun Watson uh, or Sherlock Holmes. He crossed the bridge, dude. He went across that bridge and took some gasoline and burnt the bridge behind him. You don't send that post out without knowing whether it's through your agent or through the team. You ain't coming back, dude. We're not having you back. He sent that post out. It wasn't premature. He knows whether it's through his sources or the team that he's not going to be their quarterback moving forward. What would it take for the Colts to get Baker Mayfield in a trade? Because I think the Colts are a playoff team. I'd rather have Jimmy. I just told you, I just told you the issues he's had in his locker room and you want to go from Carson Wentz to Baker Mayfield? Come on, dude. I mean, okay. I I still think, I, 
I just told you that his current team, who hasn't traded him yet, is telling you we want a grown-up running our team, and you want him traded to the Colts, who traded away a guy that they lost a first-round pick for, and has and has the issues that he's had in not one place, but two places. Not to mention the fact I didn't even say this. Carson Wentz, it blew their season, dude. <laughs> I just think I think I think that Baker is I think Baker is a better option than Jimmy G. Just listen, I'm not telling you Jimmy Jimmy G is gonna win you games. Like I told you last week, specifically. The reason why you take Jimmy G is the same reason why San Francisco had him last year and the year before and the year they went to the Super Bowl. Because you have the defense and you have the running game and you have the offensive line. And what you're, what you're doing is you're placing a stable quarterback behind that offensive line in front of that running back. And you're going to have a guy that's not going to lose you games as opposed to a guy like Carson Wentz, number two, that lost games for them last year. Games. Jimmy's not going to win you any, but he ain't going to lose you any. Except for the NFC Championship. Well, so then then, what are you telling me then, Trey? If you're going to tell me he went to the NFC Championship. No, if if Jimmy G's going to get the Colts to the AFC Championship, you take it. So, again, so he's a better option than Baker Mayfield. He's a better option. Disagree, Baker Mayfield's Baker, let me let me say something. Baker Mayfield, with that team that he has around him, Cleveland should have been in the playoffs. Cleveland should have Cleveland should have won playoff games last year. They won one, and they almost beat the Chiefs. And then this year, his shoulder was blown out for pretty much the entire season. Okay, that's fine. And 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 I'm talking about on the field, and, and you can talk about his issues staying healthy or being healthy, having a shoulder issue. I get all that. I've watched the dude play. I watched him when he was, wasn't hurt. You're telling me he wasn't a good quarterback, a top 15 quarterback in 2020? Uh, he sneaks in the top 15. Sneaks in. Sneaks in. Throws a lot of bad, he throws a lot of bad passes. Accuracy is an issue. Bad interceptions. This is prior to the shoulder issue last year. Even yeah, play- that, that's what I'm saying. In 2020, even, was he a top playoff, 15 quarterback? Even the playoff game. It wasn't like I was watching him thinking like, oh, man, he's he's great. I mean, there's times he's back there buying extra time and trying to do things. But, I mean, in the end, you had enough talent in the running game, in the offensive line, and in the wide receiver core to be better than what they've been. And he didn't get it done, not to mention – the most important issues that I've already brought up and the fact that that team in itself has said, we want a grown-up to be running our football team. In 2020, 3,500 yards, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 95.9 quarterback rating. In, in 2019, he was 22 touchdowns, 21 interceptions. Last year, 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. So obviously he regressed. But if you can get 2020 Baker Mayfield – you can be you can be a very good football team, but we also said the same thing. If you can get rookie Carson Wentz, the the Colts can be a Super Bowl contender as well. You can you can hit me with those stats all you want. You're you're disregarding the most important reason that I bring this up 
again. It's not the numbers. It's not the numbers. I mean, you can talk about the numbers and, and I, will, I will tell you from, if you want to hammer me down in regards to what he did on the field, then I will tell you his shortcomings. But that's not what the issue is. The issue is, okay. The same Maybe it's just that, he needs a change of scenery though. We've okay. seen that before. Yeah, like, like it worked for Carson Wentz too. How'd that change of scenery work out for him? Washington's going to win the NFC East next year. No, okay. don't All hold right. me to that. Any other, any other, the rest of free agency, any other particular signing, or do you like what a particular team has done? There's one that stands out for me, but I'll go to you first. Well, as far as signing is concerned, I mean, Von Miller's trying to win his third Super Bowl with a third team. <laughs> I love what Von, Buffalo's Von done. Miller's like, you know what? Hey, man, I'm, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a hired gun. He's turned into like the David Cohn of football, man. He's like, what? You got a hole? You can make the playoffs? Oh, I'm there. Let's go. That's a long deal for him getting up there in age, though. Six years? It's a long yeah, deal. Yeah, he won't see the end of that. He won't see the end of that day. And that's just, oh. that was that was just them. That was just them winning the winning the the competition in regards to getting him to, to come out of LA, not go back to Denver. They keep him away from Denver in the same conference. And they, you know, they give him a couple of extra years as opposed to maybe Denver had a four-year deal. Yeah, it's, it's uh, familiarity when it comes to being in Denver, and he was he was a stout guy in the Denver community. But money talks, man. And yeah, granted, um, Denver, <laughs> you know, or Buffalo gave him a couple of extra years, but they did it with the idea that no, nah, we ain't gonna have that guy going to playing against us in the playoffs. We're gonna have this guy playing with us up here in Buffalo. <laughs> I hope you enjoy Niagara Falls, homie. I mean, it's cold in Denver. O.J. Howard, to me, also. Have you ever been? I have been to Denver. Okay. Never been to Buffalo, but I've been to Denver. Okay. Yeah, totally different cold. It could be 65 the same day it snows in Denver. That's not happening in Buffalo. <laughs> when it's snowy season, it is snowy season and only snowy season. I mean, look what we saw that Monday Night Football game this past year. OJ Howard, I also think is a is a very low risk, high reward signing for Buffalo as well. Um, a lot of people are going to scoff because they once again have the number one pick, but I really like some of the signings that Jacksonville has made. I mean, you're moving on from the Urban Meyer regime, and you can say what you want about them not being able to bring in Byron Leftwich because he didn't want to work with Bulky. I like some of the signings that Jacksonville has made. Uh, we didn't even get to this last week. I love the Chargers trading for Khalil Mack. Um, the Raiders signed Chandler Jones. And then on the offside of that, I like the Colts getting Yannick and Gakwe as well. So a lot of very interesting moves. If you want to talk about some of the some of the losers so far in so far in free agency, Arizona hasn't really added anything, and they've lost some big pieces, including including Chandler Jones. But uh, the AFC, hmm? Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk, Kirk as well. They did they did bring back James Conner. That's the one uh, notable move that they made. Kirk goes to goes to Jacksonville. That's one of the the signings that I like. And they there. lost Chase so, Edmonds too. Yes. Uh, so Conner better a, stay healthy. Yeah. I, I mean, Chase Evans played a big role when he was hurt last year. 
He certainly did. Well, your They're boy definitely Kyler gonna... Murray is going to have to be the number one running back again like he was two years ago. Running back's definitely going to be a position of need for them in the offseason. To me, the the Trubisky signing to Pittsburgh is is puzzling. Like, Trubisky versus Mason Rudolph, that hard knocks quarterback battle next year. Man, don't, don't know about that. There still are a ton of dominoes to fall. Where does Jameis Winston go? Where does Deshaun Watson end up going? Does Jimmy Garoppolo get traded? Uh, certainly a ton of stuff to happen between now and the end of free agency, but we've seen a lot of the, the uh, big dominoes fall. Jacksonville, the big money spender, uh, and the, the Raiders getting Chandler Jones are, are huge, huge deals. But man, the AFC West, Kansas City needs to do something because everybody else in that division is getting is uh, is getting better this offseason. Uh, we thought last year the Chargers would be the team that takes the next step, and it's the Raiders that get to the that get to the playoffs, and Denver gets Russell Wilson. So very very interesting uh, is the AFC West moving forward into 2022. We're going to talk about all of the other free agent dominoes that that fall. Do the Bucks have a running back by the time we talk to you next week? Plenty of other stuff to happen this offseason, and we'll start gearing up for the NFL Draft. Until then, he is Lynn Martez. You can follow him on Twitter, at lmart 810 I am Trey Downey. You can follow me on Twitter, at TD Experience. Follow Bucks Nation on Twitter, at Bucks underscore Nation, and check out BucksNation.com every day. They've got a free agent tracker running up there with all of the news on the Bucks, all of the contract restructures, all of that is there in one handy article on BucksNation.com. Until next week, this has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.